I'll put the timestamp for when you all can start the movie in the episode description. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> a good idea. with us around the 1155 mark. Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast where we used to break down the 1987 action sci-fi classic Predator one minute at a time. But this time around, Jeff and I are bringing a very special episode in which we will be giving commentary to the 1990 action sci-fi classic sequel, Predator 2. Uh, I'm John Zabriskie. And I am Jeff Glover. And yeah, like I mentioned at the top there, uh, we're going a little bit different. Um, We've finished wrapping up Predator Minute. We released all 104 episodes of the movie. It's out now. Uh, You can listen from the start if you like, or if you'd like something new, then we're inviting you to watch along with us uh, the Danny Glover, Gary Busey movie, Predator 2. Yeah. And uh, for anyone that's confused, uh, don't start the movie just yet. Mm -hmm. uh, This is our intro, and uh, we'll be telling you guys all when to hit play if you would like to watch the movie along uh, with us as we chat. Um, Speaking of... (laughs) Speaking of Predator Minute, our our show, uh, what I would recommend is everybody start at the beginning and listen to every single episode (laughs) back to back in its entirety. (laughs) So you get a full 100 hours of of us before you listen to this episode. Um, Just a thought. (laughs) I love it. And if you're not sick of us by then, yeah, you'll enjoy hearing our voices take you through. Uh, the viewing of Predator 2. So so speaking of Predator 2, Jeff, let's just kind of dive into our own histories. What is your history with this movie? Oh, man. I I unapologetically love this movie. I know that uh, many people say it's a, it's a lesser uh, sequel, lesser movie than the original, which is objectively true. Uh, <laughs> Predator is, is the better movie, but... There was a time in my life, especially when I was a, a teenager, when I w- probably would have told you that this was my favorite Predator movie. Um, and part of that is because it was, I, I can't really remember if it was on cable a lot or HBO a lot, or if I just rented it a lot. But I saw this movie way more than the original Predator when I was younger, for mm. whatever reason. And so... For a long time, this one was burned in my brain as as really being one of my favorite action movies and uh, for many reasons that we'll get into as we're watching it. But uh, I think there's really a lot to like about Predator 2 um, and I'm really, really excited to go through it with you. What's, right. uh, what's, what's your history with this movie? Did you watch this a lot when you were younger? You know, I did not. Um, I I watched it maybe once, maybe like in bits and pieces uh, during my my adolescence, my adolescent years there in the early 90s. Um, I probably watched Predator a few more times than that. But all the same, you know me not liking scary movies. It was probably not until, you know, my 20s when I'm like actually diving into movies more regularly, either in the theater or on DVD. Uh, and then picking this up and just kind of not knowing what to make of it over the times I watched it, just because it's, I I feel like it's a much darker movie in some ways. It's a a much bloodier movie in some ways. And we're talking about something outdoing predator, like the original uh, with such graphic deaths uh, and just such blood curdling screams all throughout that, like 
you could tell that they're trying to amp everything up here um, just by leaps and bounds. Um, the the I, something I didn't really talk about much during Predator Minute somehow um, <laughs> <clears throat> in the first hundred hours of us talking about Predator was m- most of my exposure to like the Predator franchise came to me uh, in my youth uh, reading Dark Horse Comics. Dark Horse Comics mm. very early on in 1989 to 1990 had a run, the original run of Predator Comics, wherein the Predator was stalking prey in the city in downtown LA, I believe in the comics. Uh, so there's a lot of crossover mm. from that to predator two, which takes place all in Los Angeles. Uh, and there, there's some talk that predator two, <clears throat> um, gained some of the ideas, Jim and John, Jim and John Thomas, the writers of the original predator also wrote predator two, mm-hmm. some talk there between, um, possibly them, leeching some ideas off of the comics when the comics were either first coming out or first being conceptualized. But yeah. uh, if, if you read the comics, it's a strong recommend for me to read that initial run of Predator. I believe it's called Concrete Jungle. Uh, they really, really dive into a storyline of detectives tracking the Predator through all these gangland murders. Huh. And yeah, uh, it, and it was very scary. <laughs> I'll say that. The comics were somehow able to um, convey the scariness, the terror and the violence of predator. Wow. Yeah. I never read the comics. Um, but you're right. They, they really do try to ramp things up in this movie. Like the, the violence is kind of crazy and over mm-hmm. the top. Um, and I feel like there's, you know, as many bullets that are as that are fired in the original film, Jesus, there are so many bullets fired in this movie, which we'll see. So many. Yeah. Um, a lot of dead bodies, a lot of blood everywhere. Just bodies. Just bodies. Just bodies. A lot of, uh, just a lot of pretty gruesome images all throughout this film. Um, I think it's why it's kind of burned into my brain. Uh, I was, I was pretty impressionable when I saw this and, uh, you know, when you're a kid, anything that is you're not supposed to see, you just want to see 10 more Mm -hmm. times, right? That was Mm -hmm. kind of what this movie was for me. Yeah. Well, uh, should we talk maybe some facts about uh, predator two before we dive in here? Sure. We can do a a few quick ones and then we'll uh, get rolling. All right. Some quickies here. So it's directed by Stephen Hopkins. I, I believe the story there behind John McTiernan, not helming this movie is that John McTiernan was, um, making hunt for red October, which I believe comes out in 1990, if Mm. I'm not wrong. So he's clearly working on a different project and now working on like the property of Tom Clancy, the writer of uh, hunt for red October. Uh, It comes out that predator two comes out in November 21st, 1990. And that might partly explain why it didn't do that well in the box office as the first predator, the first predator, on a budget of about 15 million made 98 million at the box mm. office. The sequel on a budget of a little bit more expensive, 20 to 30 million it's listed on the Wikipedia um, made a gross at the box office of 57.1 million. So underperforming compared to predator one, I, I, I see that date November 21st. And I think what, are, what is uh, Fox pictures, Joel Silver doing? They should be releasing this in the summer. This is a summertime kind of right. Heat driven slasher right right yeah and uh this is i think this is interesting this comes out in 1990 this is one of the last really big 
kind of blockbuster action movies pre CGI. Mm-hmm. You know, we, you know, in 91, we're going to get Terminator 2, which really changed the game for everything. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years later, Jurassic Park and, and really studios never looked back after that in terms of using CGI in their movies. But in this year, 1990, we had things like Die Hard 2, Dick Tracy, Total Recall, and then Predator 2. And that's really the last run that we're going to see of these big budget practical effect R-rated action movies, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching it through that lens, I think is pretty interesting. And we'll talk more about it as we're getting into the movie, but um, there's a lot to see here. You can see a lot of the money spent. There are a lot of action sequences and special effects that um, were complicated and expensive and it uh, shows on the screen. It's um after, you know, having prepared for this uh, commentary, I, I've kind of gained a new appreciation for the technical side of this film. I, I think there's a lot to like here. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, the Hopkins will talk about. Well, Hopkins talked about it. The director talked about it in the commentary a bit. But yeah, like you're saying, with all the practical effects, it is very, very impressive to watch the action go down on these huge set pieces with many people and many squibs and guns firing and blades flying. And to know that really all that they are using the computers for in this movie were uh, the predator effects, of course, the invisibility thing Mm -hmm. uh, and a little bit of the heat effects. But uh, uh, the last thing I noticed was he said they, they had to add the sparks later on when the uh, mm. predator is battling Danny Glover. So it is very impressive. Like you're saying, looking at that through that lens of um, being a huge practically made movie. Yeah. All shot on film. All the effects were done on film, which is uh, kind of incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, should we get into it here? What do you think? I think we should get into it. I made some other notes, but like they don't really, they're not really popping up with importance in my mind right now. If they, if, if we come across it and it's during the movie, I'll feel the freedom to talk about those, but yeah, we got lots of time. <laughs> lots of yeah, Anytime. <laughs> anytime. 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 <clears throat> All right. What are we watching? What version of the movie are we watching by the way, Jeff? This is, uh, a, uh, the Blu-ray release of predator two, I don't have the year in front of me when this came out, but it is, it's a, you know, a remastered high def uh, release of Predator 2 in widescreen. So we should uh, be able to see it in all its glory here. Very excited. Uh, Are we going to be out of sync a little bit if we go three, two, one, start? Let's, (laughs) I guess if we are, you can uh, edit this out and we can start again. Let's I'm, I'm sure if, if at, at the most it'll be off by like a millisecond. Right. I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Give so, a countdown? Yeah. We're going. Th- <laughs> <laughs> Are we going three, two, one, or one, two, three? When is the part when I slap my dick on the table? <laughs> it's done on my end. I don't know what you've been waiting for. I opened my vodka and whatever fruity flavors, <laughs> dropped it right on the. Right under the can. I say. I say we go one, two, three, boom, click. All right, click. Did you start? Don't start yet. Nope. Okay. <laughs> so if you're ready to begin, I'm ready. All right. So we'll hit play when I say go after one, two, three. All right. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. One, two, three, go.
All right, here we go. You should be seeing the 20th Century Fox logo as we begin our Predator 2 commentary. Woohoo! Right. Uh, what do you think about when you uh, see this and hear this fanfare? Oh, God. Like every movie of my childhood? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking Star Wars, but I was also thinking Predator right. 1 because listen to that commentary from John McTiernan. Every time I'd start the file, that's where it starts on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I heard it many times. You got a nice beverage uh, in your hand, John, for this uh, discussion? I do. I have a Svedka. This so- vodka soda keeps it real. Let's talk about this beginning. I love this beginning. I love the this pan- too. The panning over the forest and like the hills, you're like, am I back in the jungle? Oh, no. Oh, fake out. Concrete jungle, more like. Oh, in the future world of 1997. <laughs> 1997, the hellscape. <laughs> and just flash into the title, no credits. They save all the credits for the end. Ah, like another movie, am I right? Star Wars. Right. Right. Oh, crap. In the city, not that far away. Yeah, we jump right <laughs> into Predator Vision here. So uh, this is directed by Stephen Hopkins, which we mentioned in our intro. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is kind of his big... I wouldn't say his his jump onto the stage, but um, this is definitely the biggest movie he's done so far in his career. He uh, got his start, or kind of got kind of the first movie he directed on his own was an Australian slasher, but then he did Nightmare on Elm Street Five, which kind of put him on the map for genre films, and then he landed this gig. Yeah, and he's just done a ton of stuff over the. Oh my gosh. Okay, we, we, I think we're going to have to jump into what we said. We'll talk more yeah. about Hopkins later, but sure, sure. this movie pulls no punches in jumping, and it jumps into just straight gangland warfare. Apparently, see, in 97, uh, the entire <laughs> downtown LA is uh, just one big gang war. <laughs> if you live in LA, like, right, let me know if you if you live in LA. Let me know how true that is. <laughs> is Everything it like this in 97? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This is a pretty great uh, way to kick off the movie, though. This is a a, a long action sequence. Mm-hmm. A lot of gunfire. Yeah, a little bit different score going on. There's some old Predator tracks, but Alan Silvestri is really laying down some good, like, busy, I don't know, scary kind of sound of music right here as the, the violence is just erupting <laughs> basically all throughout the news coverage of this gunfight. Let's park as many news vans around the perimeter. I know. I like how all these newsmen are like, let's go set up in the middle of the gunfight to to shoot our segment. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure what you're expecting. And then you have like these guys who look like they're from the bomb disposal unit flying everywhere. Yeah, apparently they stepped on some springboards. Oh, yeah. I love the springboards. I, I love the El Scorpio uh, celebration here with the boys. I love this like forearm bump. This is totally like, like Ash Brothers. Yes, like yeah. Oakland in the 80s. Yeah. Oh, fuck you guys. Okay, here we get hardcore. It's supposed to be a rip off of like copy. copy. Yeah. Yeah. So this guy, uh, Tony Pope, is being played by uh, Morton Downey Jr., who was a real TV personality that was kind of a Jerry Springer type. Mm hmm. And just, uh, just like in your face and sensational. He kind of blazed, uh, he was a trailblazer, I should say, for like trash TV for that sort of shock. Um, you know, TV talk show. I guess his show ran a couple of years in New Jersey, New York area, and then got syndicated and hmm. only last a couple of years. And then he got, he, I don't know if he was canceled or what, but then he had like, you know, Maury Povich and Jerry Springer. They all picked up the slack in the nineties. All right. Danny Glover's on the scene. Here's our hero. 
Yeah, he just pulled it up. I believe is he does he have a desert eagle in this scene? Is it, yeah, he's 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 rocking the desert eagle with the laser sight Dude, look in at this that scene. Gun. Holy shit! If you want a big gun in the eighties and nineties, it was Desert Eagle. Robocop, I believe, had a modified Desert Eagle. Yeah, and and so we begin the first in a series of outfits that Danny Glover will sweat through. <laughs> As you would. I mean, in just endless gun battles in LA. Dude, this movie is so sweaty. We'll talk about it. Everybody is covered in sweat in this movie. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So we're starting to uh, meet this cast of partners here. We got, is that Maria? Is that her name on the left? Yeah, Maria. No, on the right now, Maria Conchito right. Alonso. Unless you're yeah. watching a mirrored version. That'd no. be crazy. <laughs> no, I just forgot which way is right and left for me. <laughs> yeah, Maria Conchito Alonso is Leona. And then you have Ruben Blades. As I haven't watched this movie enough to remember his name, but mm-hmm. I know it's Ruben Blades. Oh, the here's Danny first. Oh, this looks, is great. He looks through his yeah. guns. Nope, nope, too small. Too small. Oh, look at this motherfucker right here. There we go. It's another laser sighted weapon, but it's a sawed off shotgun. Because <laughs> <laughs> you need a laser to aim that thing. He's <laughs> like, fuck the door. I don't need it. Okay, here we go. This is a pretty great sequence. This is great. This is like some classic, just 90s action. You can see this happening in any kind of like 90s, 80s cop movie. Yeah. You know, like, like a lethal weapon. Sure. And that's really Danny Glover hanging out that car right there. Yeah. And really, yeah, taking gunfire all throughout. I love, I've always loved the uh, bulletproof vests in the in the windows of the car. I always thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see them setting up and you might even forget about that a little bit, but then you see it. Oh yeah, that's why, because <laughs> it's going to block all the bullets from their thousands of rounds, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. This will work. Oh, and these guys just double Uzis in their hands. Well, that's El Scorpio played by the one and only Henry Kinsey, Moonbeam. What? Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. I totally talked about him back when he rolled the truck into the camp with all the C4 and it Oh, that was 50 hours ago, John. I don't remember. That was 50 hours. Yeah, that was like, oh, look at this bad man. This room of guns, though. Oh, and get some coke. Put it on your wound. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Put it right on the wound. Oh, that's how you know it's good. Another great action movie trope of this era is just... Bad guys that have a, just a massive cachet of weapons to draw. Yes. Yeah. You see, what are those called? Like the bullpup machine guns? Like the good guys are never wielding those kind of guns. Right. No. The good oh, guys are wielding sawed off shotguns. Yeah. Sneak laser sights. Back, takes them all out. Says, hell yeah. Have you ever been killed by a guy in corduroy? <laughs> <laughs> You've been killed by a guy who's too old for this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I do love how we just get flashes of Predator vision right off the bat in this one, just to announce that the Predator is watching the whole time. That's kind of fun. Yeah, the Predator's right there, like from the start. We even heard some clicking in the beginning. Yeah, they waste no time. Here's, <laughs> he's always getting mad. Um, that is a again sort of the ramping up, you know. And in, in Predator, they wait, you know, what is it, forty minutes before we actually see the Predator, and mm-hmm. we're gonna we don't see him for a while, like in all his glory in this movie. But we are given, you know, way more cues. Oh yeah, look at that. Oh, do that cocaine, buddy. El Scorpio is ready. So that was Moonbeam, huh? He's really gone through a transformation. <laughs> I think, yeah, in the canon, he maybe he survived the truck explosion. I 
am just going to believe that going forward, that he's the same person. He's actually one of the uncredited stuntmen in this movie, too. I love how they double dipped. <laughs> mm. I wonder if he did his own stunt. I have to I have to believe he probably did his own stunt. Looks like a guy that would do his own stunts. I mean, after all that cocaine, how can you not? Yeah. All right. So coming up the stairs, aiming the gun. This is like some iconic lighting right here. I love the golden hour lighting where it's just, mm. yeah. You have the, the shadows, but like backlit by the gold. Yeah. Hopkins talked about how the lighting in this movie was tricky because they had to wait for certain times of the day to stage certain sequences and then do all those shots immediately. Yeah. And all these interior shots are done on sound stages apparently. So mm, all the exterior sense. we see is actually in streets that they cordoned off in LA, but then all the interior shots are done on sound stages on the Fox lot. Hmm. <laughs> I just bust in almost took out all the seamstresses. There's all Scorpio firing the double Uzis. Oh, there's one unlucky soul. You don't see enough double Uzis anymore. No, you don't see enough guns akimbo like that. God, great details here. The fire so, extinguisher going off. That's yes. Great. Look at all those bullets, bullet holes and everything. Uh-oh. So clear at this moment, like you can tell, Scorpio is spooked. He's not like, yep. he doesn't look like he's worried about Murtaugh. He, he feels like he's worried about something else, something bigger. No, he's not even paying attention to our hero here. He's running away from a different threat. No, he's not trash talking anymore. It's your choice, buddy. Yeah, just don't, yeah, put the weapons down. What happens at, oh, there it is. That's what's going on. So the invisibility effects look a little updated for this movie, don't they? Yeah, they look quite a bit more, I don't know, streamlined or just like seamless. Yeah. <clears throat> Still sweaty. I wonder if part of that is, well, it's three years later, but also maybe part of that is they're not filming just in the jungle anymore. They could, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like they could maybe cut some corners when they were trying to do that. R.I.P. El Scorpio. R.I.P. Landed right on that picnic table. Odd placement yeah. for that table. I think that was craft services. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and our oh. hero meets. Does he see it? He shakes his head. He sees something. Yeah, I, I will say one of the, one of my gripes about the movie. Sorry to have a gripe, but like the gripe predator out. takes off. Ta- the predator takes a massive amount of gunfire in the first movie. I feel like. He does. You could tell the Predator was very vulnerable to that and, in fact, ran away. But in this movie, like, he's facing gunfire quite a few times head on. Something I didn't quite realize until much later is that I think we're to believe that this Predator in this movie is not the same Predator. Well, obviously, oh. he couldn't be because he blew himself up. Right. <laughs> but when I was a oh, kid. I, I love this. I love this, by the way. I love this little, like, partner connection that he has with yeah. uh, Ruben Blade. It's just like. He's here to kind of calm down a little bit. I love the little wave. That's something I noticed when I was watching the other day. Like they wave up from the picnic table where the body just landed and Ruben just kind of gives us casual wave. Like, yeah, I see. Yeah, you. There he is. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, go on. So it's a different predator you're saying. Oh no, I was just, uh, you know, when I was a dumb kid, I just always assumed that it was the same predator, but that makes zero sense since the predator blew himself up at the end of the first movie. So, yeah. uh, but Danny Glover is our hero now. And, um, there was talks of Schwarzenegger originally coming on for this movie. 
mm-hmm. but uh, unfortunately he did not. And he made the wise choice of instead uh, going on and working with James Cameron on Terminator 2. Yeah. So we don't get a Schwarzenegger here, but that would have been an interesting move to see Schwarzenegger in this new environment. But I like Danny Glover in this movie. I think he does a good job. Yeah. This bloody scene with all the drugs and the bodies and the bullet casings. Yeah. It reminds me a couple of things. One is right from the comics. This is like directly a, a scene you, you see in the comics. And two, this is kind of like them coming across Hopper and his team of green berets. Mm. Yeah, you're right. This is the moment when, uh, the death and destruction of the predator is revealed to them in all its mm-hmm. gruesome glory. Yeah. A lot of blood here. You can tell they just walked around with spray <laughs> bottles and squirt bottles and just were splashing it all over the place. It's everywhere. See? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, hey, you miss a spot up there, predator. But oh, I guess if the predator comes in and just slaughters everyone, you're going to get splatters all over the place. Yeah, no kidding. He keeps looking up like you're supposed to, like they did not do in the first movie. And there's a guy, mm. is he supposed to be skinned or just gutted or what? I don't remember. Mm, I don't know. But yeah, like they, yeah, it's, it's cool to see like a traditional cop movie meet something so extremely, uh, he has the, the coat covering up the, the dick. <laughs> <laughs> Predator has a little bit of decency. We're going to see it throughout the movie. So we get the, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're right i've never noticed that, that has to be an erect penis nicely <laughs> well weird things happen uh, after you die for your body uh we, this is a bit of a callback to the first movie here with the yes. hanging bodies so Body. a nice little through line from the first to the second what the fuck is going on i always like that line yeah oh you can see a little bit of the the, the gut cut a minute, like a second ago, there. Mm. I like Henry that Kenji. That, that quick shot of him lifting up the head, like you think he's alive, and then they. Yeah, oh, good, good little fake out. There's Robert Davi, of course, the FBI guy. I think he's Big Johnson and Die Hard. Oh, right, nice call. We're gonna need some more FBI guys. He was one of the bad guys, one of the thugs in Raw Deal with Arnold, the main bad guy in. Right. The Bond movie with Timothy Dalton, uh, not License to Kill, I believe. I think it's the other one. Hmm. So here's the classic trope of the um, renegade cop yeah, oh. getting, getting dressed down by his superior. Love this. Love this stuff. Something that they, yeah, it's hard to tell if they're parodying it here or they're just acknowledging it and like running with the same trope. Hopkins uh, mentioned that he likened this movie to kind of having the same structure as a Western Hmm. where Danny Glover was kind of the sheriff character. And here his superior is trying to limit his involvement, but he's going to go off and try to fix things on his own. And I thought that was kind of interesting. All right. And here is our first glimpse Gary Busey. Of Gary Busey, the mysterious government agent who seems to know more than everybody else. And that guy's running inside with their with their sunglasses still on. Love and it. Their, and their and their silver cases. That's they always look like uh they look like uh what's that band? <laughs> it's like uh Mighty Mighty Boston's. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking when I see them. Do you like think that. inside those two cases is a bunch of uh, uh brass instruments? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll see the impression that I get. 
This is a great. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like you're saying that that renegade cop. I I fall for that trope every time. I love that, like the playing by his own rules and not listening to the captain. I also love this. Like in the future of 1997, the police station is just overrun with vagrants and and they're arresting people but there's way more criminals than there are cops but the criminals still just be they're just standing around you're like here oh yeah it doesn't look that bad of a place to work were you ever thinking that like watching this kind of chaos like that looks like kind of fun in a way it would be interesting yeah you know like like up here eventually there's like a guy kind of pushing some suspects around and he's kind of smiling he's like ah this is this is kind of the life (laughs) There's just groups of hookers standing around. Uh, <laughs> I love the guy, the cop about to punch the guy. Right, right. Oh. <laughs> oh. Just guys assaulting police officers. All yeah. right. And here we get Bill Paxton. The great Bill Paxton. The, the trivia tells me that he's killed by a Terminator, a Predator, and an alien. This Crazy. is true. This is true. Terminator 1, Aliens, and now Predator mm-hmm. 2. This is kind of like if Hawkins was a cop. Agreed. Yeah, he brings the comic relief, doesn't he? He's Well, and he'd always be trying to get it wet. <laughs> right. Seriously. Right. right. <laughs> you know Hawkins would be. Absolutely. <laughs> he doesn't have a girlfriend. Oh, Danny with the power move, putting his feet up on his boss's desk. Mm-hmm. Looks comfortable. Looks like I, I can see the Western vibe right here. Right. Well, he's got to rest his feet. Look how sweaty he is. He's got to chill. Yeah. That, that shirt is like, uh, looks like he just rolled around with dirt a little bit. I know. My hands are tied. All right. Busey enters. Yeah. This is the first movie after his big car accident or motorcycle right. accident. Yeah. Some vehicular accident that it put him out for a year or um, six months to a year. Sure. Yeah. I think Busey's really good in this actually. Yeah. Um, some of his line deliveries are really done in a way that only Busey can. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. He has, he definitely has like that Nick cage quality of like, you know that he just has an explosion of anger or emotion and I'm like ready at any time. Yeah, he might bite you with those massive front teeth, too. Good Lord, yeah. I'm going to bite you with my teeth right here. I need a clover. What do you know Gary Busey from, do you feel like? Like, what comes to mind? I think of Lethal Weapon, or is it two that he's in? I think it's the I, first one. I always think of Point Break. Mm. I always think of mm-hmm. Point Break, and that's that's one of my favorite roles he's in. He's he's definitely kind of a, a more of an everyman in that movie, um, but I think he plays the, the the partner cop role really well in Point Break. Mm. Gary Busey, uh, Academy Award nominated actor. Oh, for this movie, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A fucking alien. I believe it was for the movie where he <clears throat> did he play Buddy Holly or he played a musician. Shoot, okay. and I can't remember off the top of my head. Buddy Holly sounds right. I love it. I love a job where you can just change just kind of like in your office and just in front of other people. Just yeah. Uh, that, that's a level of comfort I'll never have. All right. Now 
Going back to how sweaty people are, I want you guys to look carefully at Bill Paxton here. He's wearing <laughs> presumably an undershirt and then a collared shirt and over that a suit jacket. And he has managed to sweat through all of it. Look at these massive sweat stains under his arms all the way through his suit. Look at that. God, he's, oh, that is, I've never noticed the sweat in the Dude. armpits of his suit jacket. God, he's just glowing. Look at this man. Yeah. He looks like he just ran and he's wearing like what looks like a cardboard suit. It's just ridiculous. I, I like 90s clothing. If you watch some like Gilmore Girls, something like that, you'll see right away. Wow, like we wore some big boxy clothes. Everything was so big. Like yeah. all of Danny Glover's suit jackets are so long. His pants are baggy, and he also hikes them up like above his belly button. It's really something. Oh, she grabs him by the balls. Oh, yeah. boo, yeah. This is a little bit of a character arc right here, right? Starting yeah. off with like this tension, and it's not even a will they, won't they, as much as I think is like we're trying to be on the same level. She's putting him in his place because they're supposed to be partners now, right? He just got transferred in. Yeah. And, um, Bill Paxton is making a, a pretty big choice with the way his character is, but, Somehow it just it works really well, I think, in this movie because it's so outside of how every other character acts. Mm-hmm. And here's him going to be put in his place by the guy who plays by his own rules, <laughs> trying to talk to a guy who plays by his own rules. It's all fun and games. Cops and robbers, Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. No kidding, it's a war zone. (laughs) (laughs) I just saw it. Yeah. No, I would, watching these characters, I agree with you. Like, I'm really enjoying their performances, no matter how big. I like their interactions. I love the setting of like the crowded police station, like all the shenanigans. It's kind of like the Predator team. I would watch a movie of the Predator team just wrecking stuff from the original Predator. I'd watch a precinct whatever war zone movie that we're watching. This is, this is some good stuff. So it's, it's in a way it leaves you wanting more when you see the characters that are this charming and like this fun seeing them interact. Yeah. And they do a good job of some, Oh, we get this uh, kind of elongated sex scene here. This is our first like <laughs> real gruesome, uh, uh, violent set piece coming up here. Yeah. And this time around, it's much more, person-on-person violence it is yeah so we get the 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 jamaican gang coming in and they have no mercy for anybody here yeah under orders from king willie right yeah king willie um apparently this woman the who is naked was uh actually a porn star so there you go (laughs) so there you go there's some extra research (laughs) for you but yeah so no predator violence here this is just uh king willie's gang asserting dominance look at those Mm. pants though those gold pants holy shit yeah that guy was played by like a really raw actor i can't remember his name but hopkins is talking about him in the commentary just like i to me it seems kind of like a billy type just like a really rough around the edges just like capture what you can on camera don't piss him off just just play yourself kind of deal yeah i remember him saying that too you're hanging upside down. A guy's painting red stuff on you. Like it's not going to end well. This is like a, a, a temple of doom kind of death. This guy is probably. <laughs> yeah. Some of this is, uh, 
This movie has been called out for being a little problematic in terms of its depiction of people of color, <laughs> which right. uh, I can certainly uh, understand here. Um, Maybe practitioners of voodoo. Right. <laughs> the, all the gangs are also like voodoo shamans. <laughs> yeah, voodoo adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> wow. and these people are just naked the whole time they're seen like you'd have to cut this down i think his joke hopkins joke was something like sheet happens i think his joke was like when you cut this for tv it's like 25 minutes was his joke or for the airplane yeah right. there he goes with a big knife cutting yeah. right into the guy this guy's trying to enjoy his joint but he is just whoa all right. I so. think I think we miss it in a millisecond, but he had taken the heart out of the guy he just cut, right? Oh wow, yeah. Some more uh Indiana Jones vibes. Yeah, big shootout here. Very diehard like shootout I'm seeing with all the glass blown away. Yeah, I mean these set pieces are really impressive. The amount of damage they had to do here. The amount Must of couch squibs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is oh. cool. So we start to see some new predator weapons that we've never seen before. Yeah, like a like a hot net or something, maybe. Net and you get this little spear tip. <laughs> I love this. I love the spear. Just oh, and then they blow away the guy in the net. It's a classic claw. Classic claw. Oh, highly recommend if you're watching this. Turn on the surround sound. Sound the sound mix and design here is really great. Oh, oh, there's you your get, spear. You get the spear. Yep. It, I don't think we saw the spear in the original Predator, right? No, I think we saw like a little harpoon thing that hits Blaine right here. That's right. That's right. And there's the... Oh, does he launch the blade then? It's implied. It goes right into his mouth there. Yeah. Well, the Predator costume, which we're going to see more of later, was another Stan Winston design. Mm-hmm. We'll get to see that in all its glory here in a little bit. Yeah, they said it. All the a lot of effort went into articulating the face more. I I don't like the face in this movie. I'll just go ahead and spoil that as much as the original movie. Yeah, they they added a lot more mandibles, and the mm-hmm. skin is a different tone, and the eyes just like the eyes just throw it for me. Mm. The eyes just seem so cartoony compared to the original, but. Oh, there there's go. there's Morton. Morton just throwing it in these huge dress pants. <laughs> Man, so many pairs of tweed pants. Mm-hmm. So we've got another another violent episode here up in a building, and he's ignoring his uh, orders to not go in. He's taking. Yeah, he's his going in. Inside. Going in. I think that, oh, nice flashlight. Mind if I nice flashlight. Mm. <laughs> He's got so many throwaway goofy lines like that. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> he just took the guy's flashlight. Did they even use the flashlight? I don't even remember. Nice flashlight. Mind if I borrow it? Okay, There's more bodies. Opening. Oh, look at all those bodies. Just bodies. Looks like some are skinned. And that one guy, the original guy with the heart taken out, not skinned. Jeez. Yeah, this is like the Billy discovering the body scene. Right. So the NC-17 rating was introduced in 1990. Mm-hmm. And this was the first movie to ever get slapped with it uh, for all this violence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they had to send back upwards of 20 cuts 
until they could get an R. And so the original cuts must have been kind of crazy with how much violence they were able to keep in. Yeah, with everything you see in this movie, like yeah, it's pretty oh, gruesome. Yeah. Like I can't imagine what an NC seventeen cut would look like. I mean, it's almost too bad that one doesn't exist. Oh man, I'd be here for it. Yeah, we'd be watching it and maybe throwing up some. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But all these bodies had to be designed. I guess it was a massive undertaking to create all these dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Get them all hung up. Stan Winston did all of it. Yeah, Stan Winston's the man. He's the man. Give us that original Predator design and design so many more things. I was listening to a How Did This Get Made uh, movie review, and they're reviewing a gnome called Norm, and apparently he listened to that one too. (laughs) Oh, that's great. I think he directed that, or he did the creature design, or both. Oh, okay. Yeah, so kind of a, a hidden gem, if you will, but I haven't heard the whole episode, so I don't really know. That's right. I think he did direct it. I'm remembering now. Here they are finally finding some mysterious artifact, yep. alien artifact. Finding some of his weapons, his tools left behind. Busey yeah. comes in and says, get out of my crime scene. The men in black. Won't <laughs> let you remember. Oh, he has the he, he does have the flashlight. That's kind of cool continuity. I like that. Yeah. Oh. Oh, he got a big nose. So not only has oh. Danny Danny Glover pissed off his immediate superior, but now he's pissing off the government agents that are coming in trying to take over the crime scene. Yeah. Oh, I like the guy trying to hide with the camera. It's like, no, no, I light. <laughs> Give him my camera. I have a feeling like Danny Danny Glover likes that. I think about him. It's like, get that guy. I hate that guy. Oh, so is he recording right there with a little hand cam? That's yeah, cool. I think that's a little hand cam. And we, we get a glimpse of his footage later on when they show some of his hardcore TV show. Jeez. Could you imagine if that shows up? Oh, Adam Baldwin, not of the Baldwin brothers. He was... I think most famous for playing a character on Firefly, but he was also in Independence Day. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like the main security guy in Independence Day, if I remember. Another thing we learn in this movie is that the Predator has a bit of a code, which we're going to see as this movie plays out. So right there, he didn't kill that woman. He Mm -hmm. killed everybody else, but he left the woman behind. And we're going to get some other glimpses later that we'll talk about, about his apparent moral code about who he feels like he's allowed to kill and who he should not. You feel like it's a, a no sport kind of situation? No sport. No sport. I think so. They're, he's oh, basically, he said stick around. He said stick around. There we go. There's there a call. Back. That's not on accident. I mean, the Predator is basically a big game hunter, right? So... Perhaps like a big game hunter, he's got some uh, some lines he draws for himself. Yeah. Danny boy, not supposed to be the hero. All right. So he's sending his buddy back in. Oh, we'll get to I that. Thought, I thought the intent was him like not doing anything. Or maybe it was just like zip out of there if you find something. Oh, hey, man, I really have to use the bathroom. You can continue without me for a minute. Okay. Okay. Keep it up.
Here we see Bill Paxton. <laughs> Getting his groove on. Another moment of uh, Bill Paxton comic relief. Mind if I cut in? She's my sister. Oh, you're not my sister. What a line. I bet, I I bet people in the 90s were using that. I love that line. <laughs> well, who's recording the helicopter taken out? This is Morton Downey Jr.? So that's another thing about this movie is the amount of uh, video that we see mm-hmm. within the movie. You know, I'm talking about like there are tons of screens that are playing constantly in different places in the background. We see screens later on in the subway. We see screens in the, uh, the, the police uh, precinct. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently that was a real challenge to do to get all of that working while they were shooting. We'll see a lot more of that as we go forward, but I, th- I found that interesting as well because none of it could be digital, right? It had to actually be a screen playing something, so they had to make it all sync up properly. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. Well, it's no, I thought it was playing, and right, this isn't like they didn't insert shots of screens like those screens that's were playing. I mean. yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah, they had to actually have the screens playing something as they shot the film, yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you like watch something like Hot Fuzz, where they're in the supermarket control room, all those screens are added in later. Right. So here uh, Ruiz is going back in. Is that his last name, Ruiz? Do I keep it? Am I saying that wrong? What's his name? Well, I I know his character's name is Danny, but maybe yeah, maybe it's Danny Ruiz. I know his uh, actor name is Ruben Blades. But yeah, come back to the crime scene. Oh man, I feel so bad for this character. I like this character so much that they waste him so early. It's it's too bad. I that is really good that is something that him. yeah, that is something I've always um, not liked about how this character leaves so soon. It, unlike in the first film, when we really kind of get to know the characters and start learning their personality quirks, that's something about this movie. I think that it doesn't quite live up to the first is that a lot of these characters are introduced and then we don't get to know them very well. And they either don't really play a bigger part in the story or they get killed off early. Right. Or we don't, we just don't see like Marita Conchito Alonso at the end of the movie after everything's said and done. Yeah. Yeah. There's no wrap up with her. Sorry. His name is Ruben. That's why I keep on saying Ruiz. I'm sorry about oh. that. Ruben yeah. Blades is, is is the actor's name and he plays right. Danny Archuleta. But he has like, I mean, he has a lot of character. He may be someone who wrote his own little backstory, you know, going in like, Oh, here's who my character is. Here's all about him. And he's, I feel like he's just kind of wasted way too early in the movie, but here he is, ex, you know, examining, trying to find out what this little, spearhead is all about great headlamp moment yeah Yeah. and also good climbing skills he just went right up there this reminds me of uh, the alien scene where Mm. dallas is in the ducks and they see like the little blips we'll talk more about aliens a little bit later but sure like the little blip coming towards them like in the little duct and then like the alien is giving him a hug in that scene like right before he cuts out right 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 yeah Oh, here he found it. A little spear tip. Uh, yeah. Better chop something. This is a, a cool part of this movie that I like is the expansion of the predator lore. In a sense, we get to know a little bit more about the different ways the predator 
hunts, the different weapons that they have at their disposal. We learn that other predators exist and they have, you know, different choices for their weapons they like to use. It's kind of a oh. cool. Oh, uh oh. Hanging upside down. Oh, pulled up. Uh-oh. Fires a few rounds. Oh. Loses the necklace somehow. I don't know where the necklace comes right off. Necklace goes down. That's going to come back into play later. And someone pours some chocolate syrup on the, yeah. the necklace here. Gets Hear the Hershey's. void sound. Here's that void sound that. Yeah. A little Hershey syrup. Mm, delicious. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> the, a police station apparently just has a uh, computerized woman's voice reading about what a terrible cop you are. <laughs> yes. This, this reminds me a lot of RoboCop here with all the right. extreme you, cop and criminal interactions. This like is the, what I mean about all these screens. All these screens had yeah. to actually be showing this content while they filmed. Mm-hmm and acted around them. This is like a cut that's going now for about 15 seconds, 20 mm-hmm. seconds. I love that though. It's like highly prone to violence, aggressive, <laughs> and he still just has his job. <laughs> like, yeah. he would not, this movie is not getting made in 2021. <laughs> or at least no, no, no. What was that? <laughs> or at least this character. Exactly. <laughs> does Robert Davi show up after this scene at some point like it's his last scene in the movie pretty early on I feel like another character who just kind of drops out and you're like oh I want to know more about Robert Davi eventually the focus is on Gary Busey and and the government agents yeah this just kind of establishes that he's still burning bridges not listening to anybody stay out of him you're too close to it I'm going to finish it. Danny Glover's a pretty big dude. He's big. Yeah. What is he? Six, three, six, four. I think Stephen Hopkins says. Yeah. And Busey's also big. He said having both those guys on set was like, you know, just having these similar to predator one with all these Mm -hmm. big dudes. Like these two guys were big. They're not muscular, but they're, they're tall and just kind of imposing dudes. And he's just throwing them up against the wall. Take after take here. Yeah, he really throws him. Yeah, and it's a real marble wall there. It's not like they built some kind of fake wall to throw him against. It's like, no, nah, just throw Busey up. It's like he's hitting the street after a motorcycle accident. Ooh, clap in the face. Yeah. What's that little symbol on his tie? Do you know? Is that supposed to be like the agency he works for? <laughs> I, I guess. It looks like kind of like a Triforce a little bit with a circle in the middle. Say, yeah. Really odd. Do we see that show up later on in the facility? I don't know. Or in their I, van? I might, I might, oh, look at that suit jacket. I might yeah. be making, uh, trying to make more out of a small detail that's not important. Could that show up on mo- even modern TV? That's like image of skin bodies? I don't think so. I don't think so. That's that's like they're similar to RoboCop, right? Like the near mm. future where everything is more violent. Um, the world <laughs> Scorecard. is more Scorecard. <laughs> <laughs> cops are winning still i guess only five dead i don't think they count all the bodies in the streets no they didn't count the bodies like we did right or in like the apartment there yeah not just scorpio's gang 
paisley tie. That's a great outfit, Danny Glover. Look at that yeah, suit jacket. Just, I think his his shirt is open here. Like you see the top button is unbuttoned. I love that look. Just I'm so busy. I'm so harried. I can't even. Oh, that guy's sweating in the back. The blue shirt there. Yeah, everybody, oh dude. Because I think it was supposed to be like a super hot summer, if I remember the setting right in the beginning. So this Talk is interesting. You. If you uh, look at all the cars here, they're Mustang. all older cars. They're all like 70s cars that are restored. Why? And, and well, I was wondering the same thing. And uh, Hopkins in the commentary mentioned that their choice on that was because they wanted to kind of give this a, a period feel but they didn't want to like build a bunch of futuristic looking cars. He thought that would be kind of a dumb thing to have in the movie. So by seven having, years in the future, right? It's seven years in the future, but we're going to have all these older looking cars just to give it the sense of taking place in an other time, you know? Yeah. They'd be like the seventies. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice and it, it kind of works. I mean, it does give the feel that you're in sort of a different, different time, different era, era, era. So sure. here again, all the screens, right? All these screens had to have these images actually playing while they shot the film. Yeah. And there's this thing, Owl, Alf? That must Alf. be the symbol is Alf. Yeah, there you go. Not Alf like alien life form, but like O-W-L-F. Right, Alf. I think it's otherworldly life forms, if I remember mm. correctly. <laughs> Very much like alien life form. Very much like... <laughs> yeah, it's otherworldly life forms as the... He turns on one of those screens and Alf is there like, where's your cat? Right. Hey, I like cats. <laughs> All right. It's time for me to open my second beverage here. All right. Well, that was right in the mic. Nicely done. Oh, I love Phil Faxon messing with the guts or whatever. He sets it down right and suddenly breaks. <laughs> it's, just, it's like a, like a five-year-old or something like that. Like, put that I back. I love that. This old lady is like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> she doesn't even worry about the spilled stuff. Like, well, no. we'll just move on. Just someone's brain on the floor now. <laughs> this, is brain. Great, this is another great trope. Like the scientist that's in the police precinct that she, it won't be easy, but I can do it in about right. three minutes. <laughs> yeah, like we're going to need this spear tip test tested. Do they come back to her with this? I think they do. Or is I, this all just solved right here? I think this is all we see of her. This won't be easy, uh, but I'll figure it out for you. And 150,000 times magnification. Enhance. Enhance. Yeah, this oh, is, these this levels are enhanced. crazy. It just says unknown. <laughs> <laughs> unknown not even not like a little hats. iron or yeah oh, i love the hats yeah well uh what's his face was wearing a hat who was it uh ruben blades i think oh, was wearing a hat or ruben, a couple yeah. hats yeah pulling the gun on the the zebra car all right <laughs> this great representation of <laughs> jamaican culture right. on display <laughs> look at that car though look at that zebra print on the top of the car and that Cadillac. Are you saying you just get right in this car, Jeff? Is that what you're saying? I, I, I might be tempted. <laughs> you might be driving. <laughs> I'd be already, I'd be the guy in there. There you go. <laughs> Dude, it's funny. They just all have these massive cone joints and they're all smoking their own. Like you would, you would be passed out. I'm sorry. <laughs> that car would be lit up on the infrared is what you're oh, saying. Oh my God. Okay. This is a cool shot. Mm-hmm. 
So he's following Jerry for some reason. He's following Bill Paxton. Right. Why is he following Bill Paxton? Okay. Or, I don't know. Yeah. I guess he's just focusing on him. This is a great alleyway scene here. <laughs> we're going to see a bunch of good special effects. And we're going to meet uh, King Willie for the first time, the gang leader. King Willie, played by Calvin Lockhart. I looked at, or Stephen Hopkins mentions him. What else does Stephen Hopkins mention about this alleyway scene? He said that when they were filming, <laughs> this was an actual alleyway and they got permission to use it. But all the residents that lived on and around the alleyway were pissed off that they were making so much noise that people started throwing things at them, including bags of feces. <laughs> bags of feces. I wonder if we catch any bags of feces on camera. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, man. But apparently they cleared this alley out and all this garbage and water and stuff is set design. They put all this in. Mm -hmm. Well, especially the water. I mean, when you see the amount of water, it's just like a pond. Yeah. All right. So this is King Willie. This is uh, actor Calvin Lockhart, Mm -hmm. who was actually a pretty distinguished and famous actor. He he did a lot of stage acting in the 60s, um, did a lot of action and crime movies in the 70s. And he played a character in 1975 in the movie Let's Do It Again, whose name was Biggie Smalls. Oh. And Notorious B.I.G. famously used that that name. And actually, that was going to be his official rapper name until he was uh, threatened with a lawsuit. And he had to change it to Nor- Notorious B.I.G., but the nickname stuck. And that's why we know him as Biggie Smalls. That's why you know him as King Willie. <laughs> <laughs> I love this uh, chest plate he's wearing. I don't know what it, it reminds you of, uh, like something knightly, something you know, like that yeah. cross right there, like a crusader would wear. Yeah. The other side. So here, it, I got. I think the illusion here is that spirit world to him means like outer space to us. Right. He's dropping the bones. Another like connection to the predator right there, collecting the bones all the time. This is the classic, like, mystic trope that predicts the future a little bit. Yeah. Does he? Is it, does anything else he say connects? He says he you can't see the eyes of the demon. No, but it's all someone comes calling. I guess in that way, his eyes do glow. We don't really see that. I don't think in this movie that the eyes glowing. He seems to imply that he has a sense that there is a force out there that neither one of them can really understand or, or defeat. Hmm. We're coming up on one of my favorite sequences in this movie. Hmm. I think I know what it is. It's the bag of feces. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out for the bags. Watch out for those bags of poop. Look at those huge pants. What is the parachute pants? Motherfucker is just draped in linens. I have a feeling it'd be more uncomfortable at night for some reason. <laughs> just like everything's humid. Oh, there it is. There's the poop. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like you filming here. <laughs> Eat right feces. Here. So this yeah. effect that we're about to see was created by footprint shaped little air blasters that they put under the water mm-hmm. and it would fire and it would shoot the water upward. And it's going to give us the sense of right there. I love that wide shot of the splash. That is like so cool, creepy, very reminiscent of the water or the predator chasing Arnold. Yeah. So all that, all that water splash is practical. 
And then, of course, the predator effects were added in. Love the reflection in the water. This is great. That's th that's one of the better reveals. We don't see the predator straight on, but we get this beautiful reflection. That's such a great shot. The predator looks like the green goblin right there. Yeah, that's a, that's and that crazy. right there. Yeah. What a great choice. They don't show a battle. There's no fight. We don't see anything. Just mm -hmm. cut to that close up and then the camera pulls away to reveal that it's just his head. I I love that. I think that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And here the predator is like shown using his tools. Kind of like a butcher, honestly, or a taxidermist. Yeah. So again, expanding on his lore, right? So here's what how he actually takes his victims and turns them into trophies. This is what they did not show us in the original Predator, right? Right. I want to say in the background here, after he mounts it, you would have seen the alien skull if they had like pulled back a little bit more, but they cut that to later. So right. the alien skull is right there. You just see the teeth. Yep. We get a better shot of it, of course, later on. Mm -hmm. Psycho vigilante killer. You know, look at those teeth. Talk about Gary Busey teeth. Look at <laughs> Morton Downey Jr. I got to hand it to Morton. He really like gets into the role here. I think he actually does a pretty good job for <laughs> someone who's not really an actor. He's just a TV personality, but I wonder how much of this is just his actual personality. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know? It's like, just, just you do you. Mm -hmm. Kind of reminds me of uh, the reporter from Die Hard and... What else? Oh, his enemies in Ghostbusters. Oh, right. That annoying guy that everybody hates. Yep. Peter J. Keys. So they've done the homework on Keys, Gary Busey's character. A fun fact that in The Predator, uh, you see his son, Jake Busey, playing the son of Jake or the son of Gary Busey's character in this movie. Oh, in 2018, The Predator. Yeah, 2018, The Predator. So they carry over this, the actual son actor, but the, also the character. We carry over from the last movie. <laughs> carry over from Predator 1. <laughs> oh, here she is. Here's the scientist. The oh, scientist she did come back. All right. Contain traces of cattle blood and heavy traces of steroids. It's going to be tough, but I'll figure McDonald's, it out. McDonald's. McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Steroids and cattle blood. Oh, Bash Bros. Hmm. Oakland Coliseum. <laughs> hmm. hmm. What if they're kind of hiding in the background? He says, "What you, you're not going to know if they're there, not there or whatever." It would be funny if, like, the guys in sunglasses were there, like peeking behind a phone booth. Nice little allusion to big game hunting right here. What? Apparently in downtown LA, a lot of <laughs> yeah. shops, taxidermy shops. Yeah. Oh, a little visit to the uh, cemetery here. And um, Danny Glover wearing another suit jacket that could double as a parachute. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of Raw Deal. Deal. At the end of Raw Deal, Deal, the Arnold movie, there's a, a cemetery shootout with Robert Davi. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is a nice Ford Taurus. Look at that bright. This is a bright maroon suit jacket. <laughs> yeah. So here's another peek into the Predator Code. Yeah. No women, no kids. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Leon the Professional. Right. Checks him out. Scan scans the weapon. Oh, it's plastic. Turns off plastic the laser. Plastic Uzi. Yeah. 
You're not dual wielding, so you're, you're fine. Want some candy? Want some candy? I hate that. I, oh, man, it's, it's so creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, the name of the movie is called Predator. <laughs> Saying, oh, my God. Want some candy. <laughs> Come on. Want some candy? Get in the van. Get in the spaceship. I mean, look there how goes high the car. his pants are and how low his suit jacket goes. Yeah. It's incredible. Love the hat. Have to appreciate the hat. Oh, there's a picture of them. And he's leaving his badge there, right? Am yeah. I, is that his I, badge or Danny's badge? I was wondering. So when I, I watched this through the other day to prepare, I was wondering about this. Is that his his badge? Or maybe that's probably that's probably uh, Ruben Blatty. I was going to say the captain's badge. He just happens to keep a picture of <laughs> Danny Glover and Ruben. <laughs> Where the hell's my badge? Oh, oh, there's that. There it is. Oh, Told great focus right here. Oh, back. Oh, look at that whip pan. Yeah, whip it out. We must whip it. The predator comes along. Yeah, for some reason, I always thought there's like some big cemetery battle. Like before I rewatched this, I was like, oh yeah, the big battle in the cemetery. Mm. Uh, there's not. No, just a, just a chance encounter. I think I was keeping raw deal in mind. Mm. The the deagle, the desert eagle. Okay, enough shot, enough room in the shot to include Danny Glover in the in the gun. You got to get the gun in there. That thing is massive. Yeah, still sweaty. Guys, he's sweaty. Like the screen on my computer is wet. It's <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, then they jump to the subway. This thing moves. I forget how fast this thing moves. Yeah. Not the subway, but the the movie itself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And this is. Um, this really begins. So this scene is the catalyst for really the <laughs> entire rest of the movie. After this scene, it's just going to turn into really one long chase sequence. Right. Um, scantily clad 80s rocker girls mm-hmm. in 1997. There is a good gag here coming up. Yeah, uh, this is, found it kind of dives. It, yeah, it gives you a little satirical glimpse. Yeah. I do like that these assholes are just going around harassing people. Yeah. In the future world, that's what happens. <laughs> My partner needs an operation. <laughs> <laughs> no need for that. Hmm. You're just going to whip out a gun. McTiernan, or not McTiernan, but Hopkins talked about a, a real life case of a guy in a subway pulling out a gun. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the... Uh, inspiration for oh right there <laughs> yeah all, all the people on the subway also have guns <laughs> love that shot of bill paxson with the laser sight yep it's, it's a pity you're not seeing the laser sight on anybody that'd be kind of cool kind of a a predator callback right oh then all everything goes goes here's crazy the, here's the predator crawling i love the shot of the predator crawling I kind of it's it's hard to keep track of what happens on the subway. I think James and Janice on his Dead Meat channel did a pretty good job of trying to figure out who's dying when in the subway. I think that's intentional. I, I think this is all meant to feel chaotic, and uh, you're supposed to have a hard time figuring out what's happening because that's how everyone inside the subway car feels, right? Right. Yeah, it's just so claustrophobic. People are opening fire, just like on the subway. Right. <laughs> this is also great filmmaking here. Like they clearly had to have la- lights outside their set, their sub subway car set, flashing, mm-hmm. and then try to capture as much as they can and edit it together in a way that somewhat made sense. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of sparks. It's pretty great. It must have been hard too with all, you know all the extras, and you have to keep them dressed the same day to day. Right. Here's where the predator is just starting to take some gunfire in this. You're going to see some predator vision shots of people firing directly at it, like clearly not missing. Mm. Oh, the guy, the good Samaritan gunned oh, down. Got it in the end. Yeah. There's Waldo. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> uh, is this the predator? Just It's just pushing people by the face away. What's going on there? It looks like he's just crushing their heads. Uh, see, I, I'd want to see some of that. Maybe that's somewhere the NC-17 cut is going to answer some right, questions. Right, right. So I guess all these subway car scenes were filmed on a set. Um, even the ex, like not these shots, but the exterior shots when they're outside the subway car on the subway platform was also a set that they mm-hmm. built. Bill Paxton making the the last stand, telling everybody get out of there. Yeah, he just starts laying into That'd the predator. Cool. He just starts firing right into him. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. He has his kneeling stance. Just see him opening fire. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. That's a great shot of the Predator coming down, getting illuminated yeah. by the flashing lights. That's really Just neat. terrifying. Yeah. I mean, seeing that as a kid, that would be traumatizing. Like, you're not going to ride on a subway. <laughs> you hear the, the, the sound you hear being played. This is reminiscent of Billy's score. Mm. This last stand, Billy's last stand. This is Jerry's last stand, I guess. I think. Yeah. So Sylvester came. He throws the golf ball, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) take this. Boom. And then he grabs the big old knife and he's like jumping. Oh, a hilarious jump towards the predator. I love it. (laughs) He goes, he goes, he goes, you know, horizontal and jumping at the predator right here. Oh, look at that knife. Yeah. It's a big old knife, knife scene. Yeah. Want some candy? Want some candy. Let's dance. There's some good final words. He goes right there. <laughs> it goes horizontal. Hilarious. Uh, oh man. Again, I feel like Paxton leaves this movie too soon. I would have loved to yeah. see him stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Yeah. Stop in the subway. Smart move. Couldn't do that earlier in the last car, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, who knows what happens if you pull that earlier? Like I don't even know because the predator starts fleeing here. I mean, maybe he feels like he did his job. He did what he came to do, which was, I don't know. Kill Jerry. Was he after Jerry? Was he after? That's a good question. I don't know what the predator's motivation was here. Um, He focused in on Jerry before he took on King Willie. That's true. And he, he takes out Ruben too. So maybe he feels like this team of cops is a threat. Mm-hmm. So this was all done on a soundstage as well. This whole sequence. Great lighting. This is some yeah, good. Like you could see so much of this scene and like uh, the DNA of a eighties and nineties well, police and, film. And this is what I'm talking about, about these big budget action movies, you know, like this would have been done on a, on a, in front of a green screen, you know, Mm-hmm. in today's world and all this would have just been filled in afterwards but they built this whole set it's a lot like how they had to build massive sets for um total recall same thing mm-hmm. you know this and total recall really kind of the last great you know movie set action movies you know yeah is this um oh there's jerry's golf there's, ball there's the golf ball yeah she sees jerry hanging here oh 
But that's not the last of Jerry we see, right? I think we see him a little bit later, like do really we, briefly. Do we? Do we see his body? We see his body later. Yeah, I think that's the one that the predator is ripping the mm. spine out of and just leave, leaving yes. in the middle of the tracks. That's right. That's right. It's a predator. There he is. Uh oh. The invisibility thing with the predator. It's a little bit confusing this movie because they know what the predator looks like, but mm. oh, there's oh. something in there. There it there's is. Baby. Baby. Here in a, again, moral code. Yeah. Doesn't kill pregnant women. Yeah, no, 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 no pregos. <laughs> no pregos. No pregos. But she was armed, right? She was armed. She had a gun in her she hand. She was, yeah. Just to be clear. Still, he's he let her he lets her go. Oh, I was gonna say, uh are there are there subways in LA? I don't know anything about LA. There is a subway in LA. Okay. Yes. Um, I don't think it's used as heavily as in other cities, but I know that there is. Yeah. Okay. Wow. He could just tell that, huh? That was amazing. Yeah. That was quick. I'm going to listen to her heartbeat. She's pregnant. Pregnant. <laughs> That's not how it worked for us. We had to like pee it. Not we, but you know, <laughs> my wife had to pee on a stick. I had to check your, I had to give you an ultrasound, see if you were pregnant. Yeah. Both of us <laughs> together. So, this really is uh, the beginning of, of what becomes a big, long chase scene. Um, mm-hmm. It's now Danny Glover versus Predator for essentially the rest of the movie. I, I feel like the, the special team should be here, right? The men in black should be here. You would think they they would they're, be. Yeah, they're coming soon. But that that's a pretty bold move. I mean, there's, what, 45 minutes left in this movie? And I mean, it really just turns into one elongated action sequence, which I really appreciate, actually. Hmm. Bunch of commuters. They're all armed. Mm-hmm. Wait here. I'm going to take this call, Danny Glover. Do not run away. I repeat, Don't do not. Away. God damn it. Where are you going? Son of a bitch. Of all the blood. <laughs> there he goes. Give me Ghostbusters 2 vibes a little bit. Crawling yeah. around the subway. Yeah. S- sweating through another suit jacket, like you said. Another sh- shoot, yeah, suit shirt. Even at night, it's sweaty. Those big this old is bike. where, I think this is where a scene could have been a little bit more graphic is when the Predator just kind of, I don't know, shucks the skull and spine from a body. It could have been I a little do. more Love that. Yeah. And maybe that part had to be cut a little bit, but at least we get that Mortal Kombat-esque shot here coming up. Yeah. I think that's Jerry. This has to be Jerry because check out the billowy suit jacket. Look how. Oh, that is right just there. so oh. brutal. Oh, my God. Skull that's a fatality. Fatality. Predator, Predator wins. wins. <laughs> Look at the back. Look at the back. The back yeah. of the. Yeah. It's just ripped. I love that detail. Yeah. It's like. So something on the light back there? We can't rewind. Bummer. <laughs> oh, he's wearing tidy whities <laughs> Of course, he's a briefs man. Oh, even more sweaty. That's so at this point, the predator has to be carrying like a, a skull and spine with him too. Jerry's right. right. Maybe he put it in his little knapsack, which can uh, then become cloaked. Oh, there's all the there's all the dung throwers right there up on the stairway. <laughs> <laughs> Get him! There's Jerry's car, right? I think Jerry's car is the one at the light, right? Morton's back. Oh. Hopkins said everybody cheered when he punched Morton. <laughs> That's great. 
He takes the light off, just like Jerry took the light off uh, earlier mm-hmm. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Very cool. I mean, I feel like the movie would be worthy. <laughs> Probably hits a, a pile on there. Uh, <laughs> beating the crap out of the car. Love it. Oh, love yeah. it. But uh, yeah, it, this movie would be worthy of a minute by minute breakdown. But I mean, it's just not the one I feel the most passion for like it did Predator. I think this is uh, the perfect way to take on Predator 2. It's yeah. such a it's such a movie that just goes from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It's fun to just take it all on at once. Oh, I like that shot in front of the neon sign. Yeah, was the predator like just what is going on? What's all this electricity? Some kind of lightning storm? That's that's the best shot that we've gotten of. Oh, there's Ugh. the old spine. Nice bloody skull and spine. It predator won that one. We you know it. they did stick true a little bit. You know we we see the predator early in this movie, but we don't get a real strong glimpse. Like we don't get a really nice long look at him until late in the film, which harkens back to the first a little bit. Right. Oh, now he's been picked up. Man, these guys are just so dorky. There's nothing intimidating about them. No. <laughs> we're in like the pleated gray pants and they're wearing polo shirts. Yeah. Like, like these black the windbreakers. They just look like dorks. Yeah. The khaki gang is here to get you. We yeah. tucked in our shirts for this. Yeah. A great shot of the predator just loving that he nice descold Jerry. Hop- yeah, Hopkins said that this shot was kind of the uh, the uh, inspiration for the cover. Mm. Yeah. By the way, do you know the tagline for this movie? Is it like the city that doesn't sleep? Is it? No, it's pretty great. It's uh He's in town with a few days to kill. (laughs) (laughs) Love the silver suits. Silver suits are great. A few days to kill. A few days Uh, to kill. Great tagline. Yeah. There's a guy playing Galaga in the background. (laughs) (laughs) No, sir. Screens. Look at all those screens. They had to actually. So many screens. Had to all be showing that content while they filmed. We're going to have the Anna Anna. Uh, El Padilla Carrillo cameo here in a minute. We are. We are. This is the only real callback to the original film. Yeah. Here he's basically telling Dylan to be a believer. I know it's Danny Glover, but it's like, <laughs> but Danny Glover, let's be clear, never showed signs of skepticism of something otherworldly. He's just been kind of like doing cop things. Vengeful You're right. Cop things. He does kind of just accept it pretty quickly, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. He accepts it, and he he's even like becoming more of an expert through his experiences. He's he's he's, he's a learning hero. I like this, a fucking, a fucking alien. alien. I used that drop a few times. Uh, he Gary Busey has a great line right there, and right here is this next one. Oh my! Oh my! <laughs> oh my! <laughs> Again, he's like starting to ramp up. This is like he's starting to go for that Busey explosion. Yeah. He's got the predator in his sights. Another line read that I think is pure Busey and no one else can deliver like he does. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how Danny Glover's character and Gary Busey's characters are, is at odds through most of the film. Mm-hmm. And here in this moment, they seem to, they seem to be ready to team up or at least mm-hmm. understand each other a little bit. Yeah, I'm not sure. Why aren't they taking Danny Glover with them? I mean, he has all this experience. Yeah. Might as well. Oh, oh, but, you know. It all goes to shit here in a moment, but. Yeah. It goes goes all aliens. goes all game over, man. Yeah. Game over, man. 
Game over, man. Ooh, wedding ring on uh, Adam Baldwin. There you go. His <laughs> character's married. <laughs> Keep that in mind <laughs> for your fan fiction. <laughs> and the silver, the silver suits just make it hilariously. I don't know, just paints them hilariously like these sitting ducks to me. Like we're like these big astronauts basically in the meat packing district. Like right. what could go wrong? And this is the the plan is to the predator apparently comes here to eat to this meat packing plant. He feasts on the meat here, so they're going to try to disguise themselves, trap the predator in this warehouse, and as Gary Busey says, uh capture them. Capture him. Is that more honor code stuff that he doesn't eat what he kills? Good question. I'm not Why sure. Why isn't he eating his, his trophies, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they don't like the taste of human. They like uh, beef. Yeah. We probably don't taste as good as cow. I can't imagine that anything does. Yeah. Apparently all the um, cow carcasses, the beef carcasses in here are fake. They're not real. So they all had to be created once again by Stan Winston. Mm-hmm. And but they were too light; they moved around too easily, so they had to weight them down, so that when people ran into them, it gave the impression of them being really heavy. Right, and then when I think they the predator was pushing out of the way the unweighted ones to make it look like he was super powerful. Right, which he just was. It was Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah, he's already wearing the two hundred pound suit or whatever. Yeah, we haven't mentioned uh, KPH, but he returns as the predator here. Yeah, a lot more lifting this movie because he's on camera a whole lot. Right. Not just camo, but also just running around, stabbing dudes. And we're, we're going to see a recreation of what I think the team in, of Green Berets in the first movie experienced, which was like they're in a circle firing and the Predator drops in the middle of them. We actually see that here. Yeah. Uh, the aliens scene, I'll call it. <laughs> Definitely. Again. Uh, wielding. What's going on? Pretty great shot composition here, like mm-hmm. trying to shoot this in the dark with the with the lights and get, catching those beams with the particles in the air. That that could not have been an easy feat. So once again, yeah. I, I think you know this movie has a lot of really great technical aspects to it that I think some people overlook. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I love the unique shot here. It's or this unique scene, like just so much blue and white going on it it, yeah. it almost like i don't even know it's it almost makes the the violence more scary to me just like this is what you're seeing you're seeing in like this really specific color palette like it'd, it'd be yeah terrifying oh yeah it's and very, so very sci-fi movie yeah, it's very sci-fi movie and suffocating if you're one of these characters in these suits that are <laughs> yeah to hold your heat in right how how hot and uncomfortable are you right now yeah like the little detail, I don't know if he meant to knock into a little canister there, but um, yeah, just see how bulky these suits are. I love these little blips on the radar. Mm-hmm. Playing right into it. But Danny Glover figures out stuff by watching all the blips and bloops. Yep. Oh, a nice mm-hmm. shot of the Predator there. stopped it stopped the predator it stopped so coming up here we get a little more expansion of predator lore Mm -hmm. and we're going to learn that not only can he see an infrared but he can cycle through various vision options 
which turns out to be this team's demise. See, I, here's what's confusing to me about the scene. Aren't they communicating from the van where the Predator is? You would if think. so, why aren't yeah. they just looking there? Because they're like, he's on the southern wall. He stopped. Why aren't they just like looking there and they would see him? And that's a good question. That might be a little continuity loophole. Yeah, it's not I like he's saying he's everywhere. They're saying very specifically like, oh, he's on this wall. Can they not hear him? I don't know. Do they not? Are they not radioed up? I thought they were radioed up. Yeah. Because at one point, Danny Glover's trying to talk to Keys and Keys is like, get off the mic. Right, right. You're right. Yeah. Sorry, Harry got predator there. This is where we learned that his his little armband is more than just a self-destruction device that he can, oh, cycle through different vision options. Nothing there, nothing there. Aha, you can see the light beams from the flashlight. These guys are sitting ducks. You're fucked. Yeah. (laughs) You're fucked. It's just fascinating to watch because you just know this team is doomed from the moment they enter, I don't know, a bunch of hanging meat, like duh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, the, the film is not close to being over, so you know these guys are, are going to meet it. Right. Say some stuff. Come on. Keys. Why aren't they telling this the whole time? It's right behind you. Turn around. He sees the damn light. Oh, oh, fake out. Ooh. I just need him in the balls. Headbutted that guy. Oh, hang, oh. hang on. I have my deagle. Deagle. The deagle. I don't think he ever uses the laser, the laser sight, though. Unfortunately. No. You ruined everything. You fuck, fuck yourself. You fuck yourself. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Here they are. They, they circle up. This is the... The callback, like, oh, this is what happened to Hopper and his men. I watched the um, Siskel and Ebert review of this movie. Mm, and did not uh, like this. did not like this. And (laughs) one of Ebert's biggest complaints was language, which is funny to me. He was like, they say the F word so much. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, really? Like, people are getting their spines ripped out of their bodies and you're complaining about the F word? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's such a weird mash of priorities here he is just uh, he's just spearing guys this is this is a playground for him yeah this is just this is amazing for him it's like these goofy guys look at them look like a bunch of mascots at disneyland he's just <laughs> puncturing that guy right through the oh all oh, the way through this guy starts trying to freeze a predator this seems like the most inefficient way to freeze something right <laughs> kind of spray it haphazardly with a like a fire extinguisher? No, I think you have to drop them in something liquid to actually do the job. <laughs> I like that little establishing shot of Danny Glover getting all suited up. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. So there are multiple. It looks like multiple flashlights. Are there? Oh no, that's a different guy. Oh, he just—that's the Blaine style death. Yeah. Except it's the other way around. He's looking right at it. Oh. Sprinklers go off. Now everyone's. There's, there's something sometimes more terrifying about someone dying like in a suit and you can like hear him over the radio than just like, yeah, you know, where you can see everything happen. It's like, Oh man, like, or you see like holes punctured through a wall behind the person, like in RoboCop two, you're like, Oh, that's just, that's gruesome. I don't, the imagination really works a lot. Predator sizing up Gary Busey is going to give him a very special death. 
I think we get the cool like little laser cannon shots here, little rocket fire shots, don't we? Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like a, I think Hopkins calls it a derringer. Yeah. Apparently they um <laughs> Danny Glover's still, still suiting up. <laughs> he's gotta get about ready. five minutes. He's like, are they all dead? So apparently to get those those shots, they put little rockets um on string and fired them across the warehouse. Mm. Which I think we get to see here pretty soon. Yeah, it'll be very shortly. I do like the little switcheroo they do. They have a good back and forth, Danny Glover and Gary Busey of like one saving the other. Right. Oh, yeah. So switch modes back. That's interesting. Oh, he just takes out Gary. Well, no, I know he doesn't take him out, but he has like that. Was that a that was a shoulder cannon that time, right? I think so. Yeah, that was a shoulder cannon. Busey Here's a little face. wrist rocket right here. A little battle droid from Star Wars wrist rocket. Yeah, that's a cool shot, too. So what is failing? Is it because he's wet? He just doesn't work well when he's wet? Yeah, I think it's the water is... Didn't that also mess up his shield or his cloak in the original Predator when he got wet? Yeah, and I would say a little bit when he's walking through the puddle to kill King Willie. Right. And the scene is so busy. You have fire extinguisher, whatever, sprinklers. You have flames in the background behind Danny Glover there. You have the mist in the air still. Yeah. And the smoke from all the, the weapons. Oh, here we go. This is it. A little pocket rocket. Yeah. But we saw him put on the vest. It would have been kind of cool to see him not put on the vest, but you see him later do it. Right. Like Doc Brown and Back to the Future. <laughs> Those baggy pants. Exactly. Just soaking up so much of this water. It must be so heavy. Oh, I'd love to see it. <laughs> you should go to work like that someday. Or teach. <laughs> Show up dressed like Danny Glover from the warehouse. Exactly. Right there. Again. Oh. oh, so they pulled that across with the string you said? Yeah, so they attached little rockets to string and fired them across the set to get that nice, like, laser, like, laser focus fire. Oh, man. Ooh. Did he just, I think he's partly sliced his face. Yeah, so here's the heavy meat, and then we'll see the light meat as the predator pushes through. Yeah. Danny Glover's pushing the heavy stuff, and yeah, Predator's just like, nah. Ah, get out of the way. Get out the way. Move, meat. <laughs> See, he's taking direct hits. He, he should be like right here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he should be he should be dead, like super dead right here. Kaboom. Right there, yeah. Oh. He's not wearing armor, and that is his no. blood. Yeah. That's his blood. That's his KY jelly blood. I always wondered about that, like. Is his body more resilient to these types of wounds? How does he survive this? I know later on we see him cauterize his wounds. We'll get to that, but that seems like a massive hit to take right here and then get up and keep going. Yeah. I mean, Danny Glover should just be unloading. She should just be turning him into Predator Kibble. Hang that up. No, the water's going out. Kind of like, what does that remind me of? The water going out kind of reminds me of T2 where the uh, the magma or the like the, <laughs> the the factory heats up the Predator from it or the yeah. Terminator, the T-1000. Yeah. So it's like, he just can't be wet. Got to poke him here. You got to poke the bad guy with your gun. Yeah. That's a requirement in all 90s action movies. Yeah, but in a horror movie, you know you have to kill, kill it. You have to 
shoot, shoot the, the head. He wants to cut see it off. He wants to see the face. Yeah. So this is the first reveal of the predator's actual face that we get in the movie. Mm-hmm. Another callback here with the hoses. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we're going to see the difference in the face design. You're going to see a lot more mandible. A lot weirder eyes, in my opinion. Uh, like the eyes are just like beady, cartoonish. Kind of beady, sunken eyes. Uh, the mandibles like overlap more, I feel like. And that skin, the skin is way more colorful and defined. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's still breathing. Yeah. To me, it's all about the eyes. I've said it over and over again. Like the first eyes, like sure seemed a lot more like human-like eyes. Mm. These eyes are just like cartoony, like kind of gremlin eyes or the eyes of that monster from Big Trouble in Little China. How do you feel about the Predator saying some English words in the next couple sequences? He does this a couple times. Just now he yelled, motherfucker. Yeah, that was was just dumb. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Shit happens. it's sort of cartoonish and I wish, I wish they had left that out. They do it a couple times here in the second half of the movie. And yeah. I think it's a little unnecessary, but that's a pretty I, good shot though. I like the taunting. I like the Danny boy. The want some candy is just weird. Want some candy. Want some candy. Here's Busey. You think saving the day partly, but you don't know how long because you're like, Oh, there's still 40 minutes left or 30 minutes left. Right. I guess just 20. Busey, though, has, I mean, is it arguable? I mean, he has the best death of the movie. Oh, yeah. Cut in half by a buzzsaw, but you never see the top half. I've watched the scene a few times. This is like definitely one of those traumatizing scenes, seeing this as a kid, seeing the disc cut in in half. There's some computer graphics right there. Yeah. So a new, another new predator weapon, this little disc of death. Little terror frisbee. Oh, good lord! Oh, you see the spine cut in half. Yeah, yeah. Like, where's the top half? Is he just hanging on to something? And no, you don't see the top half. No, I don't think Predator grabs his helmet again. Right, his Predator leaves the helmet. Nope, and and it's on. The chase sequence goes. Looking right at those tidy whities those hot tidy whities Yeah, we're <laughs> we're done with the uh, warehouse, and now we're going to move on to the roof. Oh my gosh, close the lid, Danny. Close the lid. <laughs> oh. Yeah, another rooftop scene. Love love uh, a good rooftop scene. Yeah, I guess all, that's a lot of these rooftop scenes were actual rooftops that they filmed on yeah. in LA, which is cool. That way you get the production value of all the buildings in the background. Yeah, free production value right there. Mm-hmm. Love a little smoke in the background with like a little spinning. I don't know what those are. Air conditioners or something. Little- yeah, HVAC vents. HVAC. 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 VAC. VAC, 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 VAC. VAC. Sorry, T2. Sorry. I mean, P2. P2. I mean, this movie was like a huge hit. Would people be calling it P2? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They could have called it that, I guess. They could have, but I mean, I don't think anybody ever did. P2. <laughs> no. Concrete jungle. P2. P2. Can't do judgment day. P2. Hot. <laughs> no. Uh, scorching hot day. Yeah. Sweaty. <laughs> Sweaty. <hits. laughs> day of ball sweat. Day of ball sweat. Sweaty <laughs> <laughs> ball day. All right. Oh, there's the predator. The blood looks really good in this movie, though. 
So we get his little like breathing apparatus here. What is that? Just a little oxygen mask? Yeah, they show that a couple times. I think it's supposed to indicate to us that he's wounded, he's weakened. Um, he does that here, and I think he does it one more time. Oh, he just stabbed an HVAC vent. Oh. <laughs> That's a call to the landlord. Yeah. My apartment's too hot. <laughs> Oh, there's a problem. Oh, there he's taking that breath again. You love this sequence. Yeah. I know you do. I do. Grabs I spear. love the entire rest of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Why isn't the Predator looking down? That is like that is a boneheaded move by the Predator. <laughs> what is he doing? He's just taking in a breath. Like he, Does he great, think he killed Danny Glover? Great crane shot here, though. Yeah, and you see the disc having multiple use. It can also save your life hanging from a building. Yeah. Yeah. This is before digital media, so it's like those discs <laughs> still existed. <laughs> it probably also plays all his hits. <laughs> oh, those eyes, man. I'm sorry. I just look at the Wait, eyes. What did he just say there? Shit happens? Yeah, he says shit happens. Said it, yeah. So another, he says the arm alarm. Another Predator lore. If you cut the arm off, guess what? No bomb. Yep. So here we hearken back to the first Predator. He's going to... Oh, this minute name would be... Disarming the bomb. Oh, very well done. <laughs> very well done. See the classic Predator numbers. At this point, does Danny Glover even care that that's a bomb? Does he recognize that's a bomb? Or does he just like, he needs so, to get this Predator off? Hopkins mentioned something in the commentary here that they added the sound effect in so that people, the audience, would understand that it is a bomb. Right. In case they had not seen the first film. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, yeah. if Boom. you didn't have that sound effect, it would be, yeah. Does he even, does he, what is he holding? So is he holding like half of the wrist control? Yeah. If Arnold had known that, Arnold could have saved himself running away. All right. Oh, great action sequence. Kaboom, right through the window. I love how the walls just appear to be like cardboard. <laughs> and cardboard and plaster. Plaster, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I like this next little sequence. This is one of my, when I was a kid, this is one of my favorite parts of this movie. It's the one of the parts that always stuck in my head. Mm. We're going to get the predator kind of trying to do some first aid on himself. I always loved this. I think it's a cool, just kind of a really sort of ingenious addition to the story, how he can take these, these regular things in a household and, and yeah. turn it with some blue goo. He turns it into like a, a cauterizing agent. Right. This is like some kind of like army ranger version of the predator, right? Like yeah, army rangers, yeah. I'm sure are well equipped with the knowledge and the skills to heal themselves in the field. I always wondered here, why does Danny Glover <laughs> choose to climb down this pole when he could just go back through the warehouse and I think just probably go down the stairs, cross the street and go into the building. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And he loses his, his, his weapon. Eagle. Yeah. His piece. 30 story building. But he, he decides to climb down. That makes for a more uh, cinematic shot here. Right. This, I think this is inspired a little bit by Terminator. Mm. Fix himself in the, in the bathroom. And, and this is another cool thing we get to see. Mm-hmm. So more of the predators tools and, a little again expanding on the lore from the first movie. Mm-hmm. The old med kit. The med kit. Yep. He's doing something to like the broken plaster and 
I don't know the glass. Yeah, the plastic Hopkins... glass uh, acts as like the um, sort of the glue, just a a thick substance that he can melt down. Okay, and he's going to add this. I think it's blue. He's going to add some blue stuff to it. Yeah, he's doing like all this portion and the rest of the movie one armed or one handed. Right. For him. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Some blue flame. I love the blue flame. It reminds me of Big Trouble in Little China. Right, right. <laughs> Everything's blue in there. That's fun. Sci-fi is like so blue. So blue. <laughs> so blue. So blue. So Stephen Hopkins talked about how he wanted at some point in this movie to take the Predator into kind of an ordinary house. Mm-hmm. And kind of... Uh, see what that would be like. What if the predator shows up in just some old lady's apartment here? Mm-hmm. And this is great. This gives us one of the great kind of comedic lines. One of the few comedic lines beyond Bill Paxton that we get. Right. She's watching, I think jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Interesting to note. They keep their bathroom door closed, I guess, even when nobody's in there. Yeah. Good question. Maybe someone had just gone to the bathroom. Ah, they need to let it air out. <laughs> and don't go in there for 20, yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> Turn the fan on, open the window, <laughs> keep the door closed. Yeah, really open a window. Yeah, yeah they got that wall. Opened it up for sure. I always felt bad for this lady, though. Like, her place just gets destroyed. Like, she doesn't have the money to fix that shit. No. You're calling that landlord. God, Danny Glover's just doing all sorts of weird stuff off to the side. He's, like, taking all that time to load the weapon and stuff. Oh. He should just be firing grenade after after grenade into this apartment. You can see him. If I remember correctly, he could just look across and see him like right there. They give that shot earlier where he just looks right in. Likewise, the predator could just look out and like see Danny Glover. Here he's got to give himself some antibiotics. Ooh, taking your medicine. Right in the the heart? What is that? Pulp fiction? (laughs) Quentin Tarantino saw this first. Yep. This was... (laughs) This is the movie that inspired Pulp Fiction. Oh. Oh. Brutal. Like she comes with the broom. <laughs> and hey, Randy. Randy <laughs> Macho Man Savage is out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, Give me some oh, Kool-Aid. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, yeah. Coming, coming up here, we're going to get one of the best lines in the movie from this little old lady. <laughs> I seem to remember seeing that on TV and it's like hilariously altered. Like, I don't think he gives a hoot or something like that. Right, right. right. Predator oh, giving a hoot. I love that though. I don't think he gives a shit. What's happening here? Did he jump down? We're pretty sure he just jumped down, but it seemed like there were a lot of explosions and still the elevator seems to be functioning. Yeah, it's unclear. And now he's like, God damn it, an elevator shaft. I'm getting too old for this shaft. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and we yeah, we know he's afraid of heights from the first one. Again, the first seeking scene. the most difficult possible path. Yes. Bottom of the building. <laughs> oh, there's literally an elevator I could have taken. Well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and it's an old I love the old schoolness of the elevator. It's like you swing the door open, one of those yeah. metal grates. Have you ever been in an elevator like that? I have. Yeah, it kind of creeps me out. I don't. I don't really like it. <laughs> okay, he falls. Oh, and then he cat. That is a superhero action move. Yeah, you fall twenty or thirty feet and you catch yourself. Like, I think physically you can't do that. That's right. Not a thing. So <laughs> he drops because the elevator is what going to smash him through the little hole. <laughs> the hilarious fingers. Hopkins described this part as like the Alice in Wonderland 
drop. So kind of dropping totally. into this own hole here where he sort of sits up, stands up and you feel like he's in a different world. To me, this one really reminds me of invaders from Mars, Toby Hooper. Mm, mm-hmm. The inside of the ship is very reminiscent to me. And the fact that it is just parked underground is, is also another reminder of that terrifying, right. terrifying movie from my childhood. So this set design here was, was built on a studio and uh, all the panels there were enhanced with like glass and matte paintings. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get a really nice shot coming up here of the, ex- like a kind of a wide shot where we, it's a really cool matte painting of the, ex- of the ship. But this was kind of an, inspired by like Mayan artwork. Yeah, and, I can see uh, that. Yeah. And these walls were like backlit fiberglass sections. Then, he described it as trying to look like the inside of a snail shell. Ooh. Yeah. You think the predators liked hanging out in the spaceship? I, I think I would. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, like there's no seats. There's no chairs. <laughs> yeah, nowhere where to do you sit down? It's where you hang your predator mask. So stand you know. in the fog and dance. Yeah. <laughs> with exactly with the big outtake scene with right. Danny Glover and all the basketball players, I guess. But when I first saw this, this was like a oh, oh. Shit moment. Yeah. Yes. Yep. There's the uh, xenomorph skull. It's not the first occurrence of aliens and predator lore, Matt, like mixing up. I, I think that happened in a book series a little bit earlier than this, like slightly earlier than this. But to see it on screen, I'm sure blew everybody's mind and really started the yeah the ball I mean, this rolling. Was the introduction to the general public that they might live in the same universe. That's King Willie Skull, right? We saw him. That's I think so specifically King Willie Skull. Yeah, Predator nets him, and he's got the he's got the disc. Boom! Oh, Disc Man! <laughs> that's the name of that minute. Yeah, Disc Man. <laughs> all this dry ice. Where'd you guys get all this dry ice? So much dry ice. Like we built it on dry ice. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. is that a slash to the face? The predator's just playing with him right now. Yeah. Even one handed, like literally not even a hand tied behind his back. It's like <laughs> a hand cut off by a blade. <laughs> we'll see the predator have the upper hand clearly with the chance to kill him for a good few seconds here in a moment. Slash, slash, booyah, slash him into the gut. There's your two wishes. Right here, like Predator could easily just kill, just kill, kill him. Out. Yeah, this is a great shot of the Predator, though. Yeah, very cool costume design there. It'd be cool to like, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's too much of me wanting a matchup again with like, yeah, oh. him and the him and Dutch. Oh. But he doesn't have like a good skull close up. Yeah, yeah, right in the gut. This your fatality out to be the predator's downfall. Look at this, the skull, all the design work in the skull is pretty cool. Yeah. Keeps his one weakness in there. Jeez. He's just going to town. It's making all these like whirring noises too. It feels like the disc, like it's just maybe digging in there extra. Apparently the predator's screams here was a composition of a bunch of animal right there. Look at that matte painting right there. Yeah, that is beautiful. Yeah. Of the ship exterior. Yeah. It was just dingy, definitely lived in. Mm-hmm. Well, 
Oh, all the skulls in the background still. There's like one giant mega skull that they showed earlier next to the alien mega skull. That, skull. Mega skull. I'd love to see what the creature that came from. I, I like here how they kind of subvert uh, a common trope. Like when you first saw this, weren't you fully expecting the predator to jump up? I was expecting that last night when I was watching it. Yeah, game. right. And spoiler alert, that doesn't happen. Yeah. I mean, it happened once already. Yeah. So for it to happen twice. Right. <laughs> he just had to stab him in the in the chest cavity. Just had to get him right in the heart with the disc. Yeah, beautiful disc right there covered in the KY jelly yeah, and glow sticks. Like, yeah. Probably some after effects of the glowing. Oh, geez. Not a laser sight. Uh-oh. I always felt like the special effects here of their legs when they meet the fog. It's hard. Yeah, it's not yeah. good kind of took me out of the movie a little bit like that could have been better yeah i forget what it looks like here in a minute when they're all just physically standing there it probably looks a lot better yeah it does yeah, right it there fun. yeah but so many predators just talk about opening up the lore it's like it looks like he has a ring or something like that around yeah. one of his mandibles so they're all dressed a little differently yeah different sizes <clears throat> he has like what looks like a skull mask that's right. pretty cool yeah, that His reminds laser. me of like uh, Mad Max Fury Road skull. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. I was going to say, in the movie Predators, I think one of them has like a skull for a mask mm. or wears a skull over his face. And just like that, they're gone. Like they just carry their fallen comrade. It's mad respect. He killed a predator. Yeah, you hunted a predator. You hunted one of us. So here, take this yeah, from 1750 or whatever. Cool token. I always thought this was a cool touch. Kind yeah. of tells the audience that, hey, we've been around for a long time. Again, increases the lore of the Predator. Take it. See, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that little. I don't mind that either. Yeah. 1715. That's too old for this. I like that he, if you notice, he had like a blade in his hand. That's pretty cool. That like yeah. jagged looking blade. That is cool. Yeah. At that point, like when you see all those people and you see the alien skull, like I think a lot of people just can't help but like want to see that on the screen or in a video game. Right. The alien versus predator with like all their different weaponry. Like, oh, let's see them as the good guy for once. <laughs> right. And those movies just didn't really work to the best effect. Did not work. Here we are, the classic escape. This is yeah. another Invaders from Mars. Thing. That painting right Flashback. there. Beautiful. Get out of here before the ship takes off. A classic shot of a hero running from a ball of fire. Yep, yep, running from the explosion. So that was a big lighting uh, thing that they put together and actually looked oh, it up. There's your Arnold run away from the explosion, just like the yep. first one. Sorry, keep going about the lighting. Oh, it was just a big contraption they built to actually lift up from the ground up to shine all those lights. Mm. That's very, yeah. Very impressive. And how the lights all came on as it was taking off. Yeah. Here's yeah, the like flames it. and the hero covered in ash. Sounds, sounds familiar. Uh, dude, he's covered in sweat and blood and predator goo. And now ash and dirt. I think it was a dry heat though. That explosion. Don't you think? <laughs> I think felt so. good for once. Probably it dried him off. <laughs> Got all yeah. that sweat off of him. Dried those pits. Although I mean, <laughs> that shirt is that shirt is toast. You know? Yeah, 
Yeah, he's gonna have to take that to the dry cleaners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine going to the dry cleaners with that. <laughs> I got some a, green stuff <laughs> here and right here. If you could put some spot remover on this part, that'd be yeah, great. Maybe some hole remover. You have, you have some holes right in the chest. Did you take some gunfire in there? Oh my god, he's been anything for a, a glowing KY jelly. That would be, that would be great. <laughs> Yeah, this guy had a real good time. Look at this huge hole up behind. Another, again, reminder for me from Invaders from Mars. That's what she said. Hey. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> the Choppa. Choppa coming in this time. Not not so friendly, Choppa. Oh. There's no Phillips. There's no Franco Colombo. There's no Anna they get a bunch of angry guys in khakis again. Yeah, a bunch of nerds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would you do? These guys are annoying. I don't like these guys. I don't, we're not supposed to. I know. A few of them could have died like that. Yeah. Why not kill off some of these douches? Yeah. Harrigan. Huh? Don't wrinkle my polo. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't wrinkle my polo. I do like how he just stares at him and the guy kind of looks at him and realizes, okay, I'm out of my element here. Yeah. We came so close. Yeah. You'll get another chance. You'll get another chance. It's great. Helicopter takes off with the men in black. <laughs> It's interesting that they're taking off almost like as the police are arriving, like they don't want to be around the police, but they're seemed like they're ordering the police around earlier. Right. Yeah. Huh. The helicopter just kind of fades from view. No more. You can cheat on Alonzo at the end. No goofy credits. The score. Yeah. The score is somewhat. kicked in. Yeah. And there it is. Mr. Stephen Hopkins and the credits roll. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. We did it. I would, I would highly recommend. Speaking of commentary that we just did, and Stephen Hopkins, if you can uh, find the DVD or Blu-ray, or maybe on Amazon if they sell that um, with the commentary, it, it is worth a, a listen. Uh, he's a director who seems to really enjoy directing and really enjoy his movies. I can't say the same necessarily for McTiernan. If you heard me talk about his commentary at all, it was just just seems so like dour and kind of bored watching yeah. his own movie, but Stephen Hopkins is into it. He's given credit props to everyone. He's just nonstop talking. Yeah. He does a really good job. I really enjoyed watching it with the commentary on. I felt like I learned a lot about the production of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a sense of his kind of passion for the project. I think it makes a difference that he was, um, you know, in terms of directing, he was a smaller name. And so I, I, I think he, probably appreciates the opportunity to do a movie like this a little bit more than maybe McTernan did, who, you know, maybe went on to do lots of, of big jobs, you know, beyond the predator. But um, yeah, it's a really good listen. Check it out. Yeah. Hopkins goes on after this to direct a whole bunch of movies and TVs. So if you're talking about like longevity of career, I think Hopkins wins that you have right uh, some lesser ones, but some, more well-known ones like Judgment Night, Blown Away, Ghost in the Darkness, Lost in Space, Tube Tales, <laughs> Under Suspicion, The Reaping, 
a whole host of episodes of 24, like the pilot and a whole bunch of episodes of 24. And he was the executive producer on that. Um, and then you switch gears to talk about House of Lies, which is this Canadian, I think, improv comedy series that he's uh, producing and directing episodes of. Yeah, he had an interesting career through the 90s because Nightmare 5 and Predator 2 were both not blockbusters, but both box office successes, right? They made money. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Judgment Night, although I love that movie for its kind of campiness and it's kind of this weird sort of period movie that I think can only exist in the early nineties. Right. Um, it, it, it soundtrack made probably more money than the movie did itself. Um, and then you get, you know, he did blown away, which is a moderate success. And then the ghost in the darkness, like you mentioned, which was uh, a critical success. Um, and then funny enough, his busy, his, his biggest success money wise was, Lost in Space, that movie grossed a ton of money. Hmm. Um, and it's interesting that after that, you would think he'd continue on to make bigger and bigger movies, but he never did. You're right. He went into TV, did a bunch of episodes of 24, and uh, he's been, kind of been doing mostly TV ever since. So hmm. not sure what happened there with Stephen Hopkins. but uh, I think he just went the TV route. He's still producing TV, like the new Fugitive series, which came out hmm. last year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, if you can hook into something longer running in TV, I think, I think you have it made. Yeah. Well, what do you think, uh, after watching predator two again, do you have, um, different feelings about it? Do you feel about the same? What's your, what's your takeaway after this, uh, this watch through? Oh man, it's hard. Um, because on the one it is following up one of my favorite movies, one of the, the great movies, uh, in my estimation, in predator. So it has like that tall task it has to live up to. I I think it does a great job of like keying into the extended mythology of the predator and like all about the new things it can do. And like things that we didn't have a chance to see the first time around quote unquote, um, that we just kind of expanded upon here. And I like some of the characters, uh, the action shots are just amazing. The person who shot this, Mark Goldblatt, you just if you look up his name, you'll see his name throughout a ton of things in the 80s, 90s, 2000s that you'd recognize even up to today. Um, so just just all together, I would say a really solid movie, entertaining flick. Uh, but in the end, it really comes down to like, I don't know, it's, it's something that like I necessarily enjoy watching. Not as much like the, there's definitely some elements I like some of the characters uh, but there's, I don't know, to me, it's almost like there's too many characters I don't like. Mm-hmm. And like the people who survive towards the end are just like unlikable. Um, yeah. And I'm just not as big into Danny Clover as I am Arnold, who sure. has to carry the last part of the movie like Danny did. Sure. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd say overall, like it's good for a watch and it's really fun to talk about. I could see people who really like this movie doing a minute by minute breakdown and if they want to take our blessing, run with it, go for it. <laughs> um, but it's not one that I would be really entertaining the idea to break down minute by minute. Um, but what do you think? Yeah, I still, I still really love this movie. I, yeah. um, I, like I said in the beginning, uh, you know, Pr- predator is, is objectively the, the, the better movie. And, and it is after now doing that podcast with you is going to sit <laughs> in my heart as one of my favorite yeah. action movies, even more than it did before. But 
in in preparing for this uh, commentary with you and and watching it a couple times, I it just kind of solidified how much I enjoy the effort of this movie. I I, mm-hmm. I don't think it was. It doesn't feel slapped together to me. It doesn't feel um, like a cash grab like some sequels do. I, I really feel like there was an attempt to take the Predator mythology to another level, to kind of take the ideas from the first movie and put it in a different setting, which I think is interesting. I think mm-hmm. if they had gone straight to just into another jungle setting, it would have just felt too much like them trying to make the same movie again and try to cash in on that. So I, I really do appreciate that. And and from a technical side of things, I've just come to appreciate it more and more in terms of special effects and action sequences and how everything had to be done practical and set design. And, um, and, and I, I love the combination of uh, Danny Glover, Bill Paxton and Gary Busey. I think that's just like the perfect nineties cast, you know? Yeah. Me. So I, I still, um, I, I still love this movie. I, I, I know it's got its flaws, but um, man, I, this is something I'll still revisit every once in a while. I think it's super fun and worth watching. Okay. Would, would you want to talk about it minute by minute? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we've done it justice just now. And, uh, yeah. and, uh, I think both you and I have decided to move on from the minute by minute format, which I, I think is fine. Um, oh, so yeah, we have, we have, so I'm glad we did this. I think it's a great way to kind of finish out our predator minute project. And, uh, but no, I don't feel the need to go back and do it minute by minute. No. Okay. Yeah. I hear you. Um, do you want to maybe talk about that next project a little bit here and then sure. uh, we'll put a cap on or maybe recommend even like the old school. Sure. Things? Sure. So um, John, you and I have been talking about our, our next project and uh, I think we've landed on a concept that I think will be fun. That will kind of marry our minute by minute roots with um a format that will give us a little more freedom and variety in uh, the movies that we discuss. So um, do you want to just go ahead and announce it now? Sure. Yeah. And um, I'll probably put like a very short promo as probably the last thing I post to the predator minute podcast feed. I'll just because I'd like to start anew with the next project. Uh, But yeah, we're planning on picking a scene from a movie. Doesn't really matter what movie or what scene specifically, as long as like we enjoy or one of us enjoys that scene. Right. And I assume the rest of the movie, uh, but then we'll kind of voice that on the other uh, host and then watch the movie, watch the scene. And then we'll talk about that scene, talk about that uh, movie as a whole briefly, but then really dive into that scene from that movie, that chosen scene. Um, for the whole episode, that's what we'll talk about. I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited too. So we're gonna each episode we'll we'll pick a, a, a scene or a sequence from a film and kind of break it down, uh, talk about what we love about it. And um, at the end of every episode, I think we'll surprise each other with the uh, the next scene that we'll do, and we'll alternate uh, taking turns uh, choosing the movie and the scene. Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And. Um, I might hold off on releasing this Predator 2 commentary on the Predator feed just so I have it closer to when we're ready to um, record and 
release that first episode of the new show. Uh, What what are we kicking around as the idea for the name? I think we've landed on Seen It All, where Seen is spelled S-C-E-N-E, Seen It All. Which seems like John. Well, yeah, we'll throw we'll throw in the scene at all with Jeff and John. I think that way, like when yeah. people are searching for it, there's a couple other podcasts with a name, scene at all. But if we right include our names there, that'll be a little bit easier to find. Uh, but that does mean like an entirely new podcast feed. I understand. I'll have to put that together over the next little bit, as as well as a, probably a Twitter handle. Although I'm trying to avoid Twitter for the most part in these <laughs> days. Like very like maybe like once. A day, I'll I'll check in to see if there's anything I need to, I don't know, respond to. But really, I'm kind of creeping away from the Twitter. I stay away from the Facebook for the most part. But I'll probably make a just like a page there just to kind of announce when things um, are happening with the podcast. Seen it all with Jeff and John. Yeah, so stay tuned. We'll uh, we'll be releasing this, of course, into the Predator Minute feed, I assume, mm-hmm. and uh, and so you can you'll be catching it there. You'll have already. Uh, listen to it if you're here right now with us but uh yeah our next project will have a new feed uh, with a new name and um i don't know it's probably gonna take us a little while to get that off the uh, off the ground and running but um stay tuned and watch for it and uh we're really excited to start this next project and um yeah fun things coming yeah do you want to tell me like because we don't know yet do you want to tell me what uh scene that you have picked out if you have one ready for our first ever episode of scene at all with jeff and john i i think so and and this is uh probably not going to be a surprise to you i i think i teased this to you in one of the texts that i sent to you but Mm -hmm. i feel like we need to start it off with a banger it needs to be a, a movie that I know we both love um, and a scene that I think would be really fun to talk about and just a great way to kick off this new podcast project. So the scene that I would like to talk about with you first is the L.A. River chase scene <laughs> yeah. in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. So we'll be breaking down and talking about the chase sequence with Arnold on the motorcycle and uh, the T-1000 in the semi-truck as they chase each other down the L.A. River, which I think would be a, a really fun way to kick this off. And it, uh, of course, has Arnold in it, which feels like a nice bridge from one to the next. Oh, man. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, I love it. Love the choice. It's all right. definitely one of the scenes I think about anytime you hear Terminator 2. We can talk all about our experiences, like seeing it in the theater and like reactions. Oh, man. I, yeah, I have, I have a, a lot. I have of, a lot to talk about. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah, and it's like barely related to the movie. It's going to be great. It's going to be huh. fun. It'll be really perfect. fun. So I hope, you, I hope you like that choice. That'll, I think that'll be a fun way to kick it off. Mm-hmm. Do we want to end with any recommends or just sign off? What do you think? I don't, I don't care either way. Sorry, listeners. I didn't, I didn't prepare any recommends. So I, I think we might uh, need to sign it off here. And, and I would just like to say thank you to all the listeners out there and anyone that has contributed to the Palapa or sent us uh, nice email uh, messages. We really appreciate it. And it's been a really fun project and, it's uh it's your interaction with uh although our our listenership is probably relatively small compared to other podcasts 
um, having the chance to just interact with people that are enjoying what you're doing is a really fun thing. And so um, we do appreciate all of that from you listeners and uh, we're excited to move on to the next thing. Yeah. So yeah, I, I concur hundred percent with you, Jeff, and thanking anybody who's listened to us, even just a snippet of uh, the podcast. It's, it's truly something I set out to just make basically for myself. I had to think like, Oh, what kind of show do I want to make? Oh, I want to make a show that I would listen to. And absolutely. This show is one I've listened to uh, most of the episodes, but I mean, clearly when I'm editing, I'm hearing the whole episode. I'm just like laughing to myself and really enjoying like, Oh, okay. Like someone else who likes predator is probably going to enjoy this part or that part or this drop. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll, um, give our credentials one last time on the, on the show. feels kind of weird to say that, but yeah. uh, Jeff, where can people find you out there oh, in the cyber you, world? You can find me on the hellscape that is Twitter. Um, <laughs> I am Carl underscore Hungus 314. Come follow me there. My name is Carl been expert. John, can we find you on the Twitter? Where do we find you? Yeah, you can uh, find the podcast on Twitter at Predator Minute. You can also join uh, and participate in the listeners group on Facebook, the Predator Minute Listeners Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. Target's the center of the Palapa. And the Gmail will still be going on. So if you want to email the show, that's, that would be cool too. That's predatorminute at gmail.com. Um, speaking of which, we did receive just in the last few days uh, a, a message from Australia. Uh, I'll go ahead and just read that real quick as our last correspondence uh, officially for the show. And then I'll probably start a new email address for seeing it all with Jeff and John um, later on. But uh, this is from Chris in Australia. He says, Hey, John and Jeff, it feels like only a couple months ago, if that, that I stumbled across your podcast by, I believe seeing that Eric Siska followed predator minute podcast on Twitter. And so I started listening. Before long, I was hooked and I smashed through episode after episode. You know when a podcast is good, when you can't bring yourself to skip over the recommendations section. Can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> That's our baby of the show. No, no, but I, I totally understand. As soon as you stop talking Predator, uh, people move on. I understand. <clears throat> Speaking of, is there a list somewhere of all your recommendations? I do not spend much time on Facebook. Uh, thanks for all the hours of entertainment and enjoyment. I really hope you guys do another minute podcast. All the best and take care. Oh, I almost forgot. Mac, 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 Mac. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. It was that was quite the encouraging message to receive. Funny enough, after we wrapped up the show, so. Thanks to everybody who corresponded there on the Palapa or on Twitter. Really appreciate it. And I, I think I'm out. I think I'm spent. So for all things Predator Minute this time and Predator 2, I've been John Zabriski. I am Jeff Glover. And until the next time you find yourself watching Predator or Predator 2. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Shit happens. <laughs> Or stick around. Or stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. <laughs> stick around. <laughs>